Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. with Glenn Sutherland here. Uh, this week I have Erwin uh, Cito uh, as my guest. Erwin, you want to give everyone a bit of a, an intro to yourself? For I think a lot of people know who you are, but if somebody doesn't, let's uh, let them know who you are. I do a lot of little things. I'm not really famous for anything. Kind of like the jack of all trades, master of none. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure uh, about that, but go ahead. <laughs> I've been investing since 2005 in Ontario, largely Hamilton. I've uh, been a realtor and coach since 2010. Uh, I have over 350 past clients, done about $440 million in transactions of income properties. Uh, I've owned 40 property, over 40 properties myself. Again, they're all in Ontario, uh, near where I live generally in Hamilton area and around it. Uh, yeah. I have a podcast. Uh, I've done conferences that uh, headlined by like Grant Cardone and Jesse Itzler. Uh, yeah. Done a lot. A <laughs> Most lot. people know me more for my wife, <laughs> Cherry Chan. <laughs> <laughs> so I jokingly refer to myself as uh, Mr. Cherry Chan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I know you got a couple of uh, properties in the U.S. now. So like, oh, not yet, not yet. Not I mean, yet. Just, no, sorry. I have I have three listings going live this week because I because rates are high, right? So I yeah. want to divest some of my pain in the butt, <laughs> have some well, cash. I, I like this topic. Let's 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 completely change what we were thinking about talking about. But sure, sure. why wait? Like, what what's the idea here? Oh, what's I want to go with cash first. I, yeah, I, yeah. Rates are high, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've I you know I have I have many millions of dollars in mortgages. I'm not really looking to add more right. while rates are high. So I want to, and also again, like I said, I want to divest some of my, some uh, properties that are paying my butt. Uh, specifically, these ones are student rentals. Uh, so the financing is difficult. So for example, one of the properties, like no one would touch the financing on it. So I'm with a B lender right now for 10%. Yikes. So I want to divest that one for sure. Um, thankfully, the investment's a good one because the rates, the, the rents are just going absolutely nuts. It's just, it's part of a sad part of our society that uh, I don't really want to be participating in much anymore. For example, my Ham McMaster, my Hamilton student rental property, uh, the room rents room a room is now eight hundred and fifty dollars per month for That's a crazy. room. Yeah, yeah. So my the one I'm selling has seven bedrooms, so it's a really great income. Uh, but the house is old. You know, again, my financing not great. I had to jump through so many hopes to get my financing, and uh, I'm just looking for something easier. When and uh, and then. When financing, when I learned about how financing was way easier in the States, I just, then I started going down the rabbit hole and everything I've been finding in my due diligence process has just been, the, the grass is literally greener on the other side. And I don't think need to, I don't need to explain that to you or your listener. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, you, you brought up a really good point. And it was one of the main reasons I did start in the US, uh, I don't know when it was, like seven, eight years ago, um, mm -hmm. is, was the financing. Um, I was mm -hmm. buying uh, properties in Kitchener, Waterloo and Cambridge and, uh, I got to a wall where basically I was, I call up TD and they're like, you're done. We're not mm -hmm. giving you anymore. And I called mm -hmm. Scotia, I called Royal, call, I call all the A-list lenders. They yeah. all say no. Now I start yeah. talking to the credit unions. Yeah, same. same. Just, they all turn like, me down. Yeah, they're all <laughs> turning me down. I'm like, I'm not ready to be done. I'm not ready to be done. So yeah. I, I'm like, well, what do I change? And, my oh, and just, and just not, not just be you're done. The hoops you had to jump through, the yeah. documentation, you had, like all your corporations, they give everything. You had to open up your Komodo and give the credit unions everything. And oh, they yeah. still said no. 
Well, with me, I was like, well, maybe I just have to change strategies instead of doing these like buy and holds. Maybe I have to like start doing flips so that I'm in and out of projects so that I only have certain amount of loans at the same time. Um, but honestly, that's that's one of the big, there's a lot of reasons to go to the US, but like that, that was one of the reasons that did push me. And off the start, I uh, I didn't have financing figured out. I didn't have all this stuff figured out that I've figured out over the years. I did it the hardest way, did it my own mm -hmm. way. And uh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I had to use cash off the start because um, I just I didn't um, yeah. I didn't know how to do it. Right. And I'm like, you know right. what? People can do it. I'm Googling online. People can do it. I'll figure mm -hmm. it out. We'll redo a refinance once I, you know, I bought this property, the property manager to do like, you know, some small things really mm -hmm. light off the start. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. I've built from there. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I sort of went on. Uh, Oh, I do it. Kind of a tangent there, but you were saying like you know rent uh, rates were going up really high, right? For uh, specifically what? student rentals, student not, rental rates, not, not the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, interest rates are like, going up too, right? Yeah. Like uh, for these mortgages and yeah. and everything else. So you say you're divested. Oh, just to add to that though, like like what? I have some properties under rent control as well. Oh, yeah. So that's another. That's going to be another six hundred dollars annually, and my insurance is all up, like five hundred bucks a house. Yeah. Property taxes are going up another 500 bucks a house. Uh, what else am I missing? Insur yeah, mortgage taxes, insurance. Yeah, I think, it got, I think we got them all now. <laughs> Plus rental <laughs> licensing. So um, my, my costs have all gone up uh, about 500 each. So that's another, that's another $2,000 a year, yeah. right? That I can't just increase my rents. <laughs> no. So when right. you said you're divesting, are you selling these or what, do, what do you do? Yeah, I'm selling them. I'm selling them because again, like just kind of, kind of like your, like your own journey. I want to go with some cash because again, rates are high and I'm a busy, I've, I've built a lot of equity. Again, I've been investing since 05. Yeah. So I've built a lot of equity. Now I want to add some more cash flow to my portfolio. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, with a, a lot of people, I always say like, um, people who are like, oh, I make so much money on my rentals. Right. And I go, mm -hmm. well, when did you buy them? And then they're like, oh, 15 years ago or 10 years yeah. ago. And then you yeah. go, um, what's your return on equity? Cause like yeah, yeah. as those prices, I'm like, you got a ton of equity that you're not earning any money. On, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you want to yeah. turn that into some cash flow, right? <laughs> that's me. And that's what happens when you run out of room for financing. Yeah. Right. It's been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful journey, of course. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was buying in, I was buying in the under $200,000 for houses back then. And now, now I'm selling everything for like seven, 800,000. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, I'm but, sure but again, uh, like, your realtor fees are pretty good too, as the realtor. <laughs> Thankfully, I know a pretty good one. Yeah, um, but I have none of that in the states, which is why I'm choosing to partner for for that side. Yeah. So, um, if I'm just going to go through your game plan, so you're waiting to sell a few, and then you're gonna you're planning on going to the states, or what's the what's the game plan here? Yeah, because again, just, I don't want more. I already have a lot of mortgages. My game plan is to. Well, I'm actually literally flying on Sunday to Austin, Texas. Okay. On so yeah, so just to pre just to do my due diligence as well on, on specific areas I'm looking at investing, yeah. And I, I think your listener probably knows, like if you just can do some basic comparisons of America versus Canada, like Canada we have based on my research, I think we only have two major manufacturing stories, uh, manufacturing plants being built in all of Canada, one in Windsor, one in St. Thomas. So that's about six seven thousand jobs. Right, the Are state those of the Texas. Battery like, ones, or what? What is some those? Yeah, like? one DV, one's one's cars, but there there'll be EV cars. Yeah, and, and then the state of Texas, just microchip manufacturing. Just the state of Texas alone, which is about the same size as Canada, population wise, well, actually smaller, but they have, it, well, they alone have eight 
thousand microchip manufacturing jobs. Um, so automotive, great. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm actually really worried about the automotive sector. I've been worried about automotive sector forever, and and, and like you know, you're from the Waterloo area. I'm especially worried for for all of Canada, especially Ontario, where mostly automotive is. But anyways, I digress. Like I'm going to Austin because uh, just outside Austin, there's a Samsung manufacturing plant hasn't opened yet. So they're broken ground. The, the steel frames are already up and everything. $17 billion project. It's going to bring 2000 jobs. I'm going to a town that where they are this is Taylor, Texas. They don't, the population is only 17,000. Right. So what's going to happen to a real estate market in town that only has population of 17,000 and they add at least 2000 people <laughs> and they're all going to be paid great. Yeah. Right. Well, so like that's where I'm targeting. Story is, uh, it's Alabama, right? Like, like I was, yeah. I was along. I started off investing in Northern Alabama, yeah. and they built a new uh, Toyota factory and a new Mazda wow. factory, um, and basically they were copying Dallas, right? Because that's right. what Dallas did. They gave all this free land around the yeah, city yeah. for big companies to come in, right? Yeah. So they did the same thing, and uh, yeah. uh, Huntsville went. You have a Hyundai too, don't you? Like Hyundai makes tons of their models in Alabama as well. I think they're more uh, Birmingham area. I'm not sure, but yeah, okay, okay. but they might be anyway. But um. It exploded in um, all the houses. I used to buy houses for 40 grand, believe it or not, 40 grand uh, in, in uh, 35810. And um, now- Can't even build. I'm rolling my eyes because you can't even build it for that. <laughs> you can't buy a lot in Ontario for that. <laughs> um, you can't even buy a parking spot in Toronto for that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're, uh, without doing any works to some of them, like they, I bought them because they were my first properties, turnkey. Um, but we got appreciation here too. But they just, it happens whenever big, uh, companies come in, right? Uh, same things happening in Columbus, like big things are happening in certain spots of the US. And when high paying people professionals like travel across the US to go to that, mm -hmm. um, it boosts the whole market, they take mm -hmm. the good neighborhoods and or the good neighborhoods making great and make mm -hmm. them, you know, a, a B to a B plus, and they're just gonna, they're gonna bring the money in and, and start mm -hmm. fixing up certain spots, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and they can afford lots of rent, right? Yeah. And you can afford to raise your rents through time because it's very affordable rent. Yeah, right. Versus we don't have that here <laughs> in the Golden Horseshoe of Ontario. How do you raise rents? Like people's incomes aren't going up. How far can rents go? Right. So. Yeah. Is it, it like, honestly, it should be dictated by the income of the, the city, right? Like what, what can people afford, right? Because if it, if it's too high, they're just going to have tenant turnover and they keep moving around and it's not going to work. Right. Cause mm -hmm. it's not, um, at least Texas for sure is not a rent control uh, state at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so no state you, tax. And no state tax. And their and their right to work states, Alabama, Texas, all right to work states. So how is can Ontario supposed to compete with these, uh, with these states when they have so many advantages? Like, like let's pick on Cambridge. Like Cambridge is the average home price is seven fifty, seven hundred fifty thousand. How are you supposed to hire employees when that's the, what they have to pay for a house versus like Dallas average price is under three hundred thousand yeah. U.S. Yeah. Right. So hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. 
I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. So from a business perspective, where would you rather put your manufacturing plant? You might be able to afford to pay them less money even, right? Um, No, depending, right? Because, you know, it goes with the housing, right? It it Mm -hmm. lines up the same way. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like uh, my plan is also to diversify because America's big. And you never know. You never know who's going to make it, who's not. Like, for example, we've seen like Michigan fall apart, right? When the automotive industry went away. Yep. Right? So then my plan is to diversify. Uh, So I'll be buying in like four or five different cities and states in order to properly diversify. But, uh, uh, but my, my strategy is gonna be long term rental, though, because like, I because I'm at a stage in my life that I want things easy. My kids are at an age that they're really fun. So yeah, I'm, keep, I'm trying to keep it easy. That's why I'm going through uh, an asset manager to to uh, build my portfolio and manage it for me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you don't mind me asking, you, you mentioned San Antonio, do you know what the other markets you're thinking of? Because uh, I know, let's honestly, when in my coaching program, the number one question it's like, where should I buy it? Like, yeah, that's, that's the biggest one. Early, like, uh, you know, I've done a whole long <laughs> conversations with ChatGPT. <laughs> but uh, ChatGPT, like, isn't their info like a year old or two years old or something? I'm on the new version. So oh, my, sorry, <laughs> but, uh, my version's not that old. It's less than 12 months. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, I, I just needed to at least filter for me in my top 10 cities. Yeah. Right. And you know, like you can't get like st- census data that's like completely up to date anyway, so it's okay. Um, but it keeps it keeps like I ask it from different perspectives, like Peter Zihan, uh from Warren Buffett's perspective, from Jay Dalio's perspective, from Don Campbell's perspective. Give me your top ten based on their investment investment criteria. Give me your top ten, and the keep names keep coming up. You know, like Austin, Houston, uh, San Antonio, Atlanta, Nashville right? Phoenix, right? All names you've heard of yeah. several places in Columbus, like, uh, uh, like the state capital of Columbus, uh, which is Ohio. Is Columbus. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Columbus, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus yeah. is, a, is the capital of Ohio because they're getting Intel plant as well. 4,000 jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, this, this keep names, same names keep coming up. And then it's more about, you know, I've been an investor long enough. I know what the deal looks like. Yeah. Like, you know, so I'm generally looking at like the, 150 range to 300,000 range. I'm looking for a little more turnkey than you are. <laughs> and then my rents are somewhere around like 1400 to like, you know, 2500. Yeah. Uh, and these are single family, so it's all plus utilities. So again, I'm looking for more boring on the boring side. Because uh, I don't want this to consume my life. I, I'm just, uh, I have other things. Uh, this is like my, like my equivalent of like my, my, my dividend paying portfolio. I want it to be like, set it, forget it, not really worry about it. Yeah. And I want all the check marks in my favor because the more check marks you have in terms of like, like, a, like this, this deal makes sense, the more likely it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Right. So like Austin, Texas, for my research is, for example, is maybe one of the best places to invest in possibly the world. Right. Based on the number of economic fundamentals there they have. Right. Like Tesla's there. SpaceX is there. Samsung is investing $40 billion just in and around uh, Austin. Yeah. Right. Like, like uh, they already have tons of tech jobs, like Dell's there, Joe Rogan's there. <laughs> <laughs> you can go hang out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, like I have all these check marks, 
right? For good reasons to invest there. So yeah, I'm gonna have to pay a bit more, yeah. but I know, but uh, my my investment's well defended, right? Like just like Warren Buffett, like, you know, don't lose money, don't lose money, right? Key is don't lose money. But you know, I <laughs> with with all these things in my favor, how do I not, how my rents and prices not go up, right? So yeah, so it's it's a it's a high it's a it's a very well researched bet in my opinion. It makes a lot of sense, and bo boring yeah. is good, right? Like, um, like you mentioned, I, I do a lot of like heavy renos, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I rent You're the other side. You're the other um, side, yeah. But it um, it it is like it is a full time job to do that, right? And no, that, no, absolutely. A people lot of people appreciate aren't looking that. for that. They're not, yeah. they're, you know, they're not looking. Yeah. To, to do this and and consume their life and you know um you talk to investors after five because they uh you know that's when they're done work and you yeah. work all day with the teams yeah. down there and it's uh it's exhausting <laughs> it's it's a lot um i think yeah. people downplay that they think it's uh you just turn it over to somebody else and you can't um you can't you can't trust anybody you can't yeah. like what you're doing is hard too because you you're managing it virtually like i advise my clients you have a renovation project you should be there once a week to check on it yeah. Like you <laughs> or your property manager, at least like someone who's not attached to the project, like the general contractor, like yep. someone third party has to check on it every week. Right. So, yeah. Cause they all, everybody, and it's not even an American thing, but like if you left a contractor alone, you're in like Waterloo, same sort of thing. If you're not mm -hmm. checking on them, no one's checking on them. Some days, some weeks they don't show up and they go work mm -hmm. on something else, right? They, you know, your, your timeline slip. Anyway, there's yeah. a ton of reasons to do it the passive way. And there's reasons to do it the active way. Um, but like, if you want, you know, <laughs> you're at a, a stage in your life where you, you, you're looking for, it's a different kind of investment, right? You're mm -hmm. like, I'm, you're, you're trying to, but you're also diversifying. Like, so you're, you're changing your, um, your cash flow from Canadian to American. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything about the currency that you're thinking of? Like, is um, whenever I had Quentin on, he was looking for uh, diversification of currency when mm -hmm. he was talking about this, and he was talking about um, you know investing in Florida because he wanted to get American money, just you know, kind of hedge the Canadian dollar because you know sometimes the Canadians doing better, sometimes the Americans doing better. He likes to travel. <laughs> um, is there? I'm sure there's an element of that in there too, right? Uh, I think the bigger the bigger part of just earning some income in U.S. dollars is yes, it's wonderful diversification. Uh, but this is also an investment in the the world's superpower economy, right? Like China has all sorts of issues to ever surpass them. Even if even if China surpasses the Americans, America is still an incredible world superpower, right? That's why Warren Buffett's made so much money. That's why he always invests in America, right? And uh, if if anyone does just like does like about an hour research about our economy versus theirs, like just simply, just simply, a Canadian on average is uh, does 70% of the same GDP per capita as an American. Each in each mm. Canadian is only 70% as productive as an American. Right? Mm. Yeah, and uh, we have way more debt than the Americans on a provincial, federal and consumer level. Right? The Americans have had their correction in 2007 to 2010, right? Like they They're had scary. their financial crisis, yeah. right? We never have. Right? So when you want to evaluate risks, and also the uh, the size and power of that economy. Like the Americans are looking to like five uh, to two. So they're trying to double their manufacturing economy within five years, right? What are we doing in terms of growth and economy? So where should you make your bets in terms of investment? 
So again, this is just an educated bet, educated investment slash bet. I think Canada is bringing in uh, a lot of immigrants is that's where we're growing. That's how we do it. But again, (laughs) but still per person, we are less productive than an American. Right. And that's not, that's not a fault to who we are. It's just the Americans are so much big, bigger, they can invest. Right. They make bigger investments because they have, they have the economies of scale and they have so many things that are in their favor, like their demographics, their housing affordability. So they're able, they don't need to immigrate. They don't need to bring in as many immigrants because housing is still affordable. So they can still all have, have kids. Yeah. Right. Versus like, you know, everyone, everyone I know is worries about how their kids going to afford a home in around the golden horseshoe. Right. And future after that. But yeah, but yeah. But yeah, I, I, I digress. <laughs> I do want to go into like more, more my plan investment model. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, if that's okay. I, mean, I went on a wide, uh, a wicked tangent right off the start. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I think uh, I find most Canadians, their first barrier is they don't really, inter- they don't, it's far, right? So, yeah. right. Like you've asked very far. Like I'm, I'm generally focusing on the Sunbelt states. So that's yep. a four hour flight. Um, so I want to elaborate on that. I'm, I'm going to an asset manager. So I think first of all, people need to understand what an asset manager is yeah. like yourself in your business. You're very much an asset manager. I attempt to be a form of an asset manager to my clients. What that is, is it's my job to source and underwrite deals for my clients, right? right? I bring them their property manager. Like I'm trying to basically give them a franchise, right? Yeah. Um, you get all my contacts, you get also my relationships, my, uh, my equity in those relationships. Because uh, often I am the number one refer- referrer of those of those uh, members of your power team. Yep. You know, lawyer, accountant, property manager, fence guy. You know, all those sorts of things. Insurance, all those sorts of things. Uh, I, I advise my clients when it's time to refinance, to acquire more property, when it's time to divest something, right? Where they when they can get more rents. Right. Right. Now imagine this on a scale like, but I'm only one person. My team's only like five people. Uh, I do the best I can. And also this, I'm trying to do this in Ontario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, nothing's in our favor. We got rent control or we have massive inflation and in, in housing costs, right? Hence, hence going to the South. So then, but again, I still have these issues. I have a lot of trust issues. I've seen lots of people lose money, right? Um, but then I found this asset manager called Share. So, but they're on a large scale. Like for example, the, C, the chief investment officer is ex-Starlight Investments. Starlight Investments is the largest apartment building uh, owner in all of Canada. And Dimitri's his name is, and he is, uh, he was one that was in charge of acquiring and managing a 20,000 unit portfolio in, in the Sunbelt States. So I found people to partner with who will t- do everything that I tried to do for my client. Yeah. Right. But way better because they're institutional. Right. So they have all the relationships with the property managers and property managers in the States are like, they want, they cover, they have like thousands of doors, right? So they're massive economies of scale. Mm-hmm. So I can just plug into their systems. They'll source me deals and take care of everything for me. But, uh, but just like REITs do, and just like you do, you, you charge yeah. fees, right? So I'll pay fees. I'll gladly pay fees. The beautiful part about this model though, is that I don't have to give up any equity. The property is in my name. It's my mortgage. And I'm in control. So I do pay fees just like, just, but all REITs charge fees too. But again, I don't, I keep all the upside. Yep. I'm in control. I can always fire everyone, kick the tenant out and sell the property. Right. 
So in terms of like, again, literally the grass is literally greener on the US side in terms of all these sorts of fundamentals. The only thing that they, the only thing that's not more favorable in the States is that because it is easier to build, it's easier to create competition for your rental properties. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that that's is really the only, true. that's really the only big downside. <laughs> so you do have to be more careful on your location picking. Right. I like to think our school system is a lot better too. <laughs> that, that too. And, and, and so that brings up a good point. So I'm looking for properties near good schools as well. Yeah. Right. Because that's what parent, that's what people want. People, people uh, buy and rent based on lifestyle as well. So I'm looking for lifestyle towns too. Yeah. And jobs. Right. Yep. Which is why, for example, I prefer the Sunbelt States over say Ohio. Yeah. Because generally people want better weather. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's so what again, I would like, want. Like if I was going to live yeah. in the United States, yeah. where I live and it would probably unless it's you're, unless you're dictated by family and friends right but if you're yeah. you know i would pick somewhere warm yeah. <laughs> like honestly yeah. um, the, the, it, but even if you are far like flights within the u.s are cheap for americans oh, yeah. <laughs> so getting around is easy like to go from like columbus to phoenix is is is, is not that big a deal and it's not that expensive nope right well, and i, I always 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 make that comparison yeah, because I I always make that comparison. For example, like people are like, oh, I, I it's a four and a half hour drive for me to Columbus, Ohio. Why don't you invest in Ohio versus like Phoenix? And I'm like, well, let's let's think about it. So again, Columbus is getting an Intel plant. Phoenix is getting a Taiwan Semiconductor plant. So TSMC they manufacture for like Apple. They make yeah. microchips for like Apple. They're the biggest manufacturer of microchips for for other other companies, right? So yeah. if I have the skills to work in a microchip manufacturing plant. And either Intel in Columbus or Phoenix, where would I choose to live? Because the prices aren't that aren't that dissimilar. <laughs> yeah. Right. So again, I have one more checkbox in my favor by going south because I think more people will choose to live in Phoenix over Columbus. Right. So again, I just want all these things in my favor. But again, like again, I'm looking at investing in like four or five different cities, which is why I'm choosing to go through an asset manager. I don't have I don't have the, the IQ and skill set that you do to be able to manage properties all over the country. I want to like, you know, <laughs> I'll pay you a fee. <laughs> you take care but of I it. But I still, I still have project managers. I still have uh, property managers. You still have to have mm-hmm. all these people. Like there's still, you have to have managed all these people. Yes. Right. But my, my managing is going to be like checking my bank account once a month. <laughs> yeah. Rent's still coming in good. Okay. I'm going to go back to living. Right. <laughs> Versus like you have probably at least weekly calls. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Yeah. Like definitely. You have to. <laughs> yeah. And then um, that's just the call. Like, you know. What is it to deal with something? <laughs> when you were just talking there, you, you said some stuff about control and having the ability to, allow, you know, if you didn't like somebody to be able to fire, mm-hmm. or be able to move, be able to sell properties. Is that the reason that you uh, chose to do like, um, uh, you know, I'm assuming that you were talking about single family homes to do single family homes versus like investing in like a REIT or a syndication? Uh, it's all part of it. Because for example, if I rest in a REIT or syndication, I'm giving up, I have to give up profit share. Right. At a minimum, you're giving a profit share and then typical like Starlight, for example, they they take 25 percent of the equity. Right. I'm choosing this model to directly hire an asset manager so I get to keep again, I get to keep 100 percent ownership. Uh, and it's pretty much just as passive. It's almost just as passive. I do have to get my own mortgages. Yeah. But again, like this is I have to own my own legal entity. But this is but to the amount of that amount of work to keep the whole pie is very worth it to me <laughs> and then so, you, you raise the point as well because i know you do duplex fourplex as well and you, i know you do some yeah. apartment buildings 
but I'm choosing specifically to stay with single family because uh, property managers won't work with you. Like the big ones, the ones who have thousand portfolios and the thousands of unit of houses or units, right? They generally won't work with a retail investor unless you have at least a hundred, even a hundred houses or like a couple hundred doors. I don't have that. Yeah. Right. Hence I have to stay at the, I want to, uh, again, cause my requirement is, is passive above all else. So I'll play, I'll have to invest in the sandbox where I can be as passive as possible and keep all the upside. I just was thinking about this too, from way back at our start of our conversation, you're talking about the asset manager. Um, what all do they do? Like, um, are, is there property management in-house or do they manage, are they, they, they're like the manager of the manager, right? Manager of the manager. No, no different than like the, the big names out there, like a BlackRock, right? Okay. Most, 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 uh, most REITs do not have in-house uh, property management. So they're no different. Like they, again, they negotiate all the contracts. They have all the, all the power in the relationship as a retail investor. I don't. So I'm kind of like the Costco member. I get the benefit from Costco's buying power. I know it's not the best, right? I, you can better deals if you go hunting, yeah. but if I have no time and my kind of thing about how I think of Costco is it's, it's basically, it's basically an eight out of 10 at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to sell for an eight out of 10 investment, eight out of 10 product from Costco. So, uh, so yeah, and then yeah, like you said, uh, they be, again they're doing what I did for my client, but much better on a much larger scale. Again, national level scale, they have better relationships than I do. Because for example, like the Canadian market is so different. The property managers here, because the tenant, it's not because the property managers are bad, or it's because they're dealing with such a difficult market. Right, the tenants have all the power, rent control, can't cash flow, right? Versus in the states, it's all it's all the opposite. Like the analogy that keeps coming to my head is if you remember like DC comics, like, like Superman, like bizarro Superman, yep. like everything's, everything's flipped. <laughs> right. And the Americans think the same thing when they talk to us, like you have rent control, your property is a million dollars and the tenant cannot pay you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait eight months <laughs> to get a hearing. Yeah. Cause I don't know if like I've been, I've been having to educate Canadians as well, like especially my clients. Like in, in America, like uh, in the landlord-friendly states, there's no avenue for tenants to complain about you. It's either cops or they have to take you to court, right? Those are the only two options, really. Like here, we have this whole tribunal system <laughs> that has separate set of laws. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. completely dysfunctional. <laughs> and depending on the state, they some of them have public records of evictions. So you can like just you know, when you're screening tenants or your property manager screening tenants, they, they can check if they've, these people have been evicted. So you're not inheriting someone mm -hmm. else's problem. Whereas mm -hmm. kind of in Ontario, you're sometimes you get, you just take someone else's problem, right? Mm -hmm. They, that, yeah. cause they'd had to move out because of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's to add to that again, it's bizarre world down there. Um, cause people always say, Oh, what, what if the asset manager screws you? And I have to explain, I explained to them, the asset manager makes money by having more assets in their management. They only make money from me if I keep buying more, if I keep growing my portfolio. So they're financially incented to see me successful. Yeah. And same with the property manager, because it's different here. Because again, it's always, it's been a, it's been a big education process for me. When I met with a property manager in Atlanta that had 2,800 houses under management just in Atlanta, again, like, holy cow, you have that kind of scale. That's, that's incredible. And they're like, they, they look at me like, because I told them like here in Ontario, 
property managers still collect fees if, if there's no rent coming in. Generally, that's my experience. The property manager is like, that makes no sense. Because then what's the incentive for the property manager to have a place rented? <laughs> no, but that, that is a good question that you just brought up. Like when you're interviewing property manager, because that does vary in the US. So I have property managers that collect no matter what. And I have ones yeah, that yeah. based on a percentage of the rent. And yeah. they're really, they're sneaky on the contracts. Yeah, don't want that. They, they put it so it's like, oh, uh, your property management fee is determined by the rent times, you know, 8% or 10% or whatever. Yeah. That's your fee. And then it says in the later on, this fee is collected every single month. Like you see, so you have to like read it really close. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. they'll just be like collecting it, whether they've places vacant, whether it's rented. Mm -hmm. Anyway, right, sorry, just a little tip for people. And but uh, because I'm going through an asset manager that does scale, mm -hmm. they have the power in negotiation. Like, for example, again, my experience when I was in Atlanta and uh, like the property manager was fighting us for the bill. Like they were, they're insisting that they pay in a way they're whining and dining us. Right. Uh, and again, like uh, they want our business. They're fighting for our business, not fighting for my business. They're fighting for share the asset manager's business because again, they want volume. Right. So it's a really different relationship. And so again, when you're, when you, when, when you, and in, in, in general, I've always wanted to be in a power position uh, in the strategically always wanted to be in a more power in a better negotiation position than everything. Right. I don't feel that way. I, that's not how I feel here in Ontario. The tenant has all the power. Right. Right. I'm a commercial landlord too. Like I have office, I have an office rental and the tenant just beat the crap out of me because <laughs> that's the market. I don't have any office rentals. Um, I thought it was different in Ontario. I thought yeah, you'd have more power with, as a... You have all the rights, but yeah. in office space, the market's incredibly soft. Oh, uh, there's a lot of people working from home. Is that the... Yeah, that's why. Yeah. 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 So the market's incredibly soft, so you have to give more concessions. So right. yes, yeah, so that's the other one downside in, I find in America in general is that you do have to give more concessions because the vacancy rates are higher. That's true. Uh, yeah. Like like here, it's like not... Like, like I said, like student rentals, like last year's rent went up 40% to $700 a room. Now it's only gone up 20% to 850 a room, right? Yeah. But so in that relationship, we have like, we have all the power, but they sort of, yeah. like they can always dig in and do terrible things and not pay the water bill, for example. And then we get stuck with it, <laughs> right? But again, like, you know, yeah. So I'm, I'm tapping out. Like, I, again, I've been at this for a while. I've been really resilient. I, I've, only, I've been a landlord for almost 20 years. You know, my resiliency only has so much, right? And again, based on my research and the way I'm going to invest, I can make more money in the States in US dollars for less risk, more scalable, less headache, right? And my plan is also to never see my properties like you do. You never see your properties. Like, I want to see them even I, less. I do, but I <laughs> it's more, um, it's just to go down and shake hands and be toured around and, you know. Yeah. It's for, in most cases, I don't have to go see them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do the same thing, but there'll probably be like some golf and some yeah. guys trips wrapped around that. <laughs> well, you have to make some business in there, right? You have to go meet some property managers and look at some property because you got to yeah. make that flight right offable, right? So you got to yeah. do some business, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I hope to not offend anyone, but I'd rather go to Phoenix. Like I'm literally going to Austin. I'd rather go to like Phoenix or Austin or Nashville over... I'll pick on Saskatoon. <laughs> Where would you rather go in the winter? <laughs> you want to go to central Canada to go see your properties in the winter or would you rather go to a Sunbelt state? Yeah. <laughs>
The flight's probably the same. <laughs> the distance is the same. <laughs> right? So, right? Time is money. So yep. where would you rather go? And then, like, again, like, all Canadians need to, like, think about. Like, here's the thing I've been saying to people. Like, oh, U.S. dollar, blah, 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 blah. They have all this debt, blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, let's do a little quick exercise. Ask 10 people who are not Canadian, who don't live in Canada, which, rather would cur- which currency would you rather be paid in? U.S. dollars or Canadian dollars? Can you find one out of 100 that would rather have Canadian dollars? <laughs> yeah. You might. You, you, you probably might. could. Yeah. Right. This is simplicity, go to, but yeah. Right. Like go to Caribbean, go to America, go to Europe, go to Asia. Will you, will you find anyone who wants Canadian dollars over U.S. dollars? Oh, not outside of, not outside of Canada at all. Exactly. So like why would not everyone want more right again yeah. grass is greener on the <laughs> grass is literally greener on the other side i don't need to tell you <laughs> erwin that or this was a great chat um if people wanted to uh maybe they got some rentals in hamilton uh they want to you help them unload or uh you know how do they track you down for all the stuff you're doing i'm easy to find my name is really awkward to spell so it's really easily to google uh but yeah uh, people want to check out my, I have my own podcast, the truth about real estate investing. Yeah. Uh, you know, i I'm on social media everywhere. People just want to DM me. My name is Erwin Cito. It's again, it's really easy to find. That's my, that's my Instagram. That's my Facebook. And, uh, yeah, they want to just connect say hi. Yeah. And, and can you imagine like the, cause you and I know so many people in our community who just own condos. Yeah. Like I literally had a, a condo agent tell me off the record. Like, cause he can't say this publicly. He goes, I tell my clients to be prepared for, be prepared for, hey Glenn, be prepared for negative cash flow $2,000 a month and you can do this deal and this deal makes sense. Then this deal makes sense for you. Would you put your hand up? How many of those can you afford? (laughs) (laughs) Do you even want one in your portfolio? No. Right? So, so again, everyone should at least, uh, because for many people, that's their baseline, boring, easy investment a condo in Vancouver or Toronto because the tenants easy, all sorts of things. It's new property, all sorts of things, right? I think everyone needs to come up with a new baseline, right? A U.S. starter single family home in a, in a top 10 market. That should be your baseline and then, then evaluate all your investments against that. Great tip. Erwin, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. This is a great chat. I loved it. I appreciate it because I just, I'm just ranting. <laughs> That's all we do. That's all I do on the show. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks. That was a nice video. Bye.